0: The Nail in the Coffin. Welcome to The Nail in the Coffin. It's episode number eighty nine. Tom and Travis, back at you here. Took last week off, but uh, I'll tell you who's not taking any time off, Trev. Uh, the Indians.
1: Yeah, no kidding. We haven't talked in like two weeks. Uh, the Indians haven't lost since. And they, they were already on a little streak last time we talked.
0: My God. So I, I was in Vegas last week, and that was pretty much the, the main reason why we weren't able to put a pod together. And, um, you know, I was a little bummed out. I, I put in a little wager on my last day there on, on the Indians to win the world series just because they were rolling. And I was thinking to myself, man, I didn't really get particularly great odds on this. I, yeah,
1: yeah. You, oh, you, you bet at the, the worst possible time, probably. I don't know. I'm
0: I'm I'd have to go back and look now. I, I can't imagine they're getting any better. I mean, you
1: add another yeah. five or
0: six wins onto it.
1: Yeah, that's true. And guys are going to come back soon. So it's a good point. Um, it's It's funny. You mention odds. Um, I saw odds yesterday on the game um, that Kluber pitched against um, name I can't even remember, but uh, it the Indians were minus five hundred. Jesus! On a baseball game, <laughs> one baseball game. If if you're if you're not familiar, that is fucking unheard of. That's probably the far and away the highest odds I've ever seen on an individual baseball game before. Like, that, that's a ridiculous figure.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I've I've never seen that. You know, I was just, I've been thinking about this all day because I knew we were going to record this tonight. And, you know, when I watch sports, I try to think a lot about parallels to past examples, past games, teams, moments, and try to draw connections between things that have happened in the past and and what's going on now. Just to try to put some sort of context around what we're seeing. I, I can't think of anything even remotely close to this, what we've seen out of the Indians over these 21 games now. This is insane.
1: Yeah, I don't think there is any context that can can really be provided. Um, It's completely unheard of. They just hit 21, so they now have, depending on how you look at it, um, I guess. So it's weird because for the last three weeks, well, I guess last week and a half, since the streak seemed very legitimate, um, everyone's been saying the mark is 21. Now that the Tribe has hit 21, everyone's talking about uh, the Giants from 1916, apparently. That's so, a
0: bullshit mark.
1: It is, and I'm not sure I really understand how, how you can make the argument. Um, but, again, for those listening, if you're not aware, the 1916 New York Giants won 12 games in a row, had a tie game that was not counted towards their total record, and then won 14 in a row. So that's 26 wins total there. Um, I'm not sure how you just discard the tie, um, and pretend it didn't happen, but apparently that's what some did back then. Um, I spent way more time looking into baseball that happened hundred years ago than I would have expected <laughs> for the last couple of days. It's an unbeaten um,
0: streak. It's not a winning streak.
1: Right. And that's what I don't, that's why I don't get why people are clinging to it. Like it is a winning streak. And um, didn't
0: they also play like 31 games in a row at home or something like that too?
1: Oh, I, that I don't know about. They the had some absurd
0: stand in that in that season, I think.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, shit was weird back then. There was only, what, eight teams right. anyway, so you had to play a lot of home games. There weren't that many, you know, half of your games. Are on, at, if, if half of your games are at home, um, you're going to play a ton of home games. Um, but in general, it's weird because, like, I'm not sure – a integration alone should. Disc- if, if it was before integration, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> um, second, like you said, if, if there's a tie game and you're and you're allowing games to end in a tie, which isn't allowed anymore, um, tough shit. That counts for that counts for your record. Um, so I'm not sure exactly how they came to that conclusion, but it is what it is. Anyways, so they right now have at least the second longest. They're tied for at least the second longest streak. It is, um, it
0: is the longest for the American league. now.
1: longest for the American league. They're tied with like the 30 something Cubs. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's unheard of. And, and the way that the game is even out, you're not supposed to go on long winning streaks in baseball. Um, it's not unheard of in other sports. Um, but it, the way baseball set up, you're just supposed to kind of get worn out every once in a while and just have an off day. Um, and the Indians off days haven't been off enough for them to lose one. So uh, it's been a hell of a lot of fun, that's for sure.
0: Oh, it's, it, it's unbelievable. And, and the thing that really blows me away about this, I mean, you could throw out any sort. There's just all sorts of stats that have been coming out of this streak. But, I mean, I saw as of last night, the Indians were outscoring their opposition by like over five runs a game, I think. I mean, it was like six and a fraction runs per game scored versus like one point something runs per game allowed. Um, so, I mean, these are not like nail biters, walk offs, wild comebacks. I, I think now they've only trailed for four innings total in 21 games. I mean, th- it's just overwhelming every night. I mean, today. You had a two-run game. I mean, there was, I guess, a little bit of drama in there, maybe especially before uh, the, the last home run was at uh, our, our boy Bob Perez. But uh, Big
1: shot Bob Perez.
2: That's right.
0: But, um, I mean, there, there have been more games that have ended, I think, in double-digit margins of victory than there have been probably one-run games, right?
1: Um, yeah, I think I heard – only like three of them have been one more, one more games. One, 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 one. Um, <laughs> stat I heard today, and I wanted to go back and confirm it. I didn't really have time. Um, the two unearned runs today, um, off of the Yandi Diaz error, um, are the first two unearned runs during the streak. <laughs> That's how good the defense has been. Um, Which I think in general, defense gets really kind of overlooked in baseball. Um, It's always pitching and hitting. Um, And I think a lot of times defense kind of gets taken for granted. Um, Make no mistake, the Indians defense is a huge factor in why they're winning so many games right now. I I, I don't don't know if that stat is true. It seems so ridiculous that I'm not sure I believe it. Um, But if true that is just an absurd number. The other one i heard was that the Indians have more home runs than they've allowed runs. Yes. During the streak. Yes. Which is fucking bonkers. <laughs> like every there's all the thing about it, there's so many things that so many like stats that can be thrown at you and you're just like there's no way that's true. <laughs> like it's everything that's happening is just this this weird confluence of events that are not supposed to all happen. No. Um, And it's just fascinating to watch.
0: Well, that actually kind of leads me into the next thing. You mentioned the defense. One of the guys that's been most responsible for kind of setting up that whole defense and and holding things down, uh, Giovanni Urshela. He's the only guy on the roster that has appeared in every single game in this streak. Um, Really? Yeah, he's it. That is interesting. Games he hasn't started, he's been a a defensive replacement. I think he had a couple of great plays today.
1: Um, yeah, he, did, he actually had a couple really good plays um, that kind of got the Indians out of a jam in the, I think, sixth.
0: Right. There you go. So, yeah, he's the only guy, and um, yeah, I think that's kind of enabled the Indians to shift things around, and uh, you're I mean, I think you're going to see uh, Jose Ramirez at second most likely for the rest of the year, uh, and if and when Jason Kipnis ever comes back, and they're already talking like he's going to, take a shot at play in center field. I think he was an outfielder in college. So uh, that that's going to be kind of interesting because that center field spot opened up with, with Zimmer uh, breaking his hand on that freak play the other night. But, um, you know, I mean, the bigger point here is it's not like it's just the pitching staff that's carrying him. It's not just a couple guys in the lineup that are, you know, batting 465 over the last two weeks or anything like that. I mean, guy after guy after guy contributing to this. I mean, different guys in the lineup are hitting. I mean, the lineup looks different every day. I mean, they're trying guys in different spots on the order. And um, every all the starters, you know, the bullpen hasn't allowed a run in God knows how long. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable how – you know, you see stretches where guys will, you know, a guy will get hot here or a guy will get hot there, and maybe a few guys will string it together, and you can rattle off some minutes. Everything's working on all fronts right now.
1: Yeah, it's like it, it kind of seems like there's a different guy that steps up, and it's never a guy that you really expect. Like, yeah, the the, the normal guys have been steady. You know, Lindor and Ramirez and those guys have been really good. Um, but it seems like just when you need it. Today, for example, they they were up, I think, 3-1 and then – or maybe it was 4-1 and then it got to 4-3. And out of nowhere, Roberto Perez comes in and gives you that insurance run. It happened again last night with a weird insurance run. It like, it's a different different way that they're finding to do it every game it seems like. And they just um, keep finding new ways to win. And it's, I mean, a hell of a lot of fun. But it's also like, like you said, you're starting to wonder – um, what I, I guess what I'm thinking about now is how is this going to look? Is this what they're going to roll with in the playoffs? you got to think f- for whatever reason they're talking about throwing Kipnis in the outfield and I get it because I agree that you shouldn't touch the infield as it's currently constituted or um, Shell's defense is too damn good to have on the bench Um, but I also don't know like does Kipnis really merit a an outfield spot uh, spot
0: center field's kind of the weird no man's land You got uh, uh, you know with Zimmer pretty much done for the rest of the year
1: uh, yeah, ch- in general in the outfield you got Chisenhall, yeah. Hall Bruce um, Greg Allen's been playing really well I mean I don't anticipate him getting a ton of time in the playoffs but he's been playing really well yeah um, I mean th- that's go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, I think you, you've you kind of got now over these last three weeks or so, it's going to be kind of an open audition out there. I mean, Tyler Naquid's going to probably get a look. Greg Allen's going to get some time out there. I'm sure once Kipness is back uh, active, he's going to get some time out there in center field. The corner outfield positions feel a little bit more locked down to me. I mean, Jay Bruce is pretty much playing every day. Chisholm Hall's going to be selling. Oh, Austin Jackson's got to be the other guy you got to look yeah, at in center sure. field. Yeah, um, you know, we don't know if Michael Brantley's going to come back, but he's another guy that would have to probably factor into one of those, uh, probably in the, in the mix in left field. But, um, yeah, it's it's a good problem to have, I guess. It's uh, a lot of different guys. Greg Allen, the thing that's interesting with him is um, excellent defender. I don't know if the bat's quite there, but uh, that was one of the things that putting Zimmer out there, I think, was a huge upgrade um, over what we saw in center field last year. So, um yeah that'll that'll be real interesting to see how how that shakes out and and the great thing is putting together a run like this the Indians are so far ahead in their division i mean the the central division title is a formality at this point and um they've put themselves in a great position to get home field through the AL um they've got an opportunity now to to do some tinkering and, and try some things um And they have. Right.
1: (laughs) There's been certain games where I feel like you look at the lineup and you're like, ah, Tito doesn't care about this one. And then they go win like five nothing or something. Like
0: jump all over somebody in the first inning again.
1: Exactly. Like it's not like they're they're trying to win every game, but they're not. Tito specifically, I don't think is' managing to win every game. I think he feels comfortable with where they're at right now and he wants to see a lot of different things. He's in playoff mode and he's thinking you know what who can I put here and he's fiddling with little things you know that he wants to see how they work um, and all of them seem to be working so I don't, I don't know if he's getting what he wants out of it or not. That's
0: the thing I I was going to say is you you think back to some of these teams in the past that have gone on crazy runs. The most recent one that I can remember was Colorado 10 years ago, where they won like 19 of their last 20 or something like that to get into, I think, a wild card.
1: Was that the year that we would have played them? Yep. If we had beaten Boston? So that was 07.
0: Yep. Yeah, that was 07. And, um, they, but the thing was with that was, I mean, they were on tilt the whole way through September because they had to make up a ton of ground.
1: Yeah. They kind of did what the Indians did a few years ago. Yeah. They just went on a mad dash at the end of the season. Right, to get in. right. I
0: think it was 2013. The Indians won like 10 straight to get to the finish, top wild yeah. card spot 2013. Um, they, they went won 10 in a row and, and got a wild card. And that's when the nice thing here was they were they already had a lead in the division when this started. And, I mean, they didn't have it under lock and key like they do now, obviously, but you felt pretty good at that point. Like, okay, they're in position. They're probably going to win the division. And I think that's probably taken some pressure off of them. I mean, like, was it last night or the night before? Carrasco could come out after six innings. Um, and, again, it was because the offense – exploded for like 11 runs or whatever and you know it's just it, there's not been a lot of pressure and, and you know you think about like last year even um just the that amazing run that the indians had through the playoffs and they were leaning on Corey kluber uh bauer and tomlin and um, you know the guys in the bullpen andrew miller
1: andrew miller hasn't
0: even uh, appeared in a single game in this entire stretch right
1: uh, I, I think he was out. Yeah, I think he was out before it started. Right. Positive, so, I think so. so, I
0: mean, they, they they rode him into the ground and Cody Allen. And, you know, by the time you got to the end of the World Series, those guys were gassed. And it feels like this time with so many different guys contributing and so many, you know, be, having such a lead in the division. Um, feels like the team is really uh, getting a chance to kind of set the pieces in place and, and make sure everybody's ready to go. It's a good good, good situation to be in.
1: Really good situation to be in. It's funny. I know, real, real hot
0: take there saying that <laughs> winning 21 games in a row is a good position to be in, but, uh, be, yeah. yeah
1: be, it's funny because I can remember um, probably right before the streak started, maybe a couple days before, um, looking at the standings and thinking to myself, like, it'd be great if they could pass Boston and – uh, past Boston and have a chance that, you know, make sure that they can get home field for the first round. That'd be great. That'd be really beneficial for them. Houston's out of reach. Probably the Dodgers are way out of reach. Um, don't even think about that stuff. All of a sudden there are a couple games ahead of <laughs> Houston and knocking on the door of the Dodgers who are playing dreadful baseball right now. Um, they're obviously incredibly talented and won a lot of games so far, but they're horrible. Like a dismal streak as good as the Indians have been the Dodgers have been that bad um, I still think probably three games with only I don't know what 15 ish to go I don't know exactly what it is but um, it's going to be probably hard to catch because I think the Dodgers will probably write the ship here fairly soon um, but yeah I mean you couldn't ask a month ago you couldn't ask to be in better position than you're in now No, it's... and they were in a pretty decent position a month ago honestly
0: Yeah, and and to be honest with you, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, if they get to the World Series, I'm not afraid of the Dodgers. I know they took two out of three in Cleveland earlier in the year, but that's a team that their postseason track record doesn't scare me at all.
1: I'm not really worried about the Dodgers. I just kind of want home field. I think we learned last year that that actually makes a difference to this team. I think that was huge, um, particularly against Boston last year. Um, that they were able to get that game one win at home. And I think home field made a difference there. Um, But yeah, I'm with you right now. I don't know if there's anybody that um, the odds have actually evened out. Now, I think as of today, the Indians and the Dodgers uh, were tied for the best odds. Um, But overall, I think the way this pitching staff is going, I don't know if there's anybody that wants to play the Indians forget how well they're hitting the ball. Um, That's probably the biggest thing I've taken away from this streak is Mike Clevenger, I think, is pretty much locked up that fourth starter slot. Trevor Bauer has finally been that guy that um, we've been sort of thinking he has the potential to be. He's been lights out. Um,
0: Uh, While you're on the subject of Trevor Bauer, I was really impressed with him on Sunday night. He had the Sunday night game, right?
1: Um Carrasco was Sunday I
0: thought. No I think it was I think Bauer had the Sunday night game because he okay. he had not real great control especially what it felt like with the curveball and it was it was all over the place and you could tell he was searching for it just a little bit and he still I don't think he walked anybody and turned in a great outing gave up I think one run in his start there. And to be able to perform like that when he doesn't have everything locked in, I don't think we see that from him in, in past years. That felt like a performance that you would not have got from, gotten from him in the past. And I, it was really impressive, and I thought it was a great sign um, if he's going to be starting some games for you in the postseason.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I was... Probably two months ago, I was team get rid of Trevor Bauer. I was done with him. Um, and he's done a complete 180. Seems like a guy who it's finally clicking. I think Robert uh, Roberto Perez has um, – the the relationship they have I think has made a huge difference um, in how well he's been pitching lately. Um, the rapport the two of them have seems to be making a huge difference. And I think in general, it's, it's the Trevor Bauer we wanted – when we traded for him. And it's the one that we saw like glimpses of, you know, at times you would seem him have one of these outings, but it was always sandwiched between two, you know, two bad ones. Um,
0: and how many times have we seen a situation where a one run inning turns into a five run inning?
1: Yep. Just gets away from him. He's been prone to that. Um, that's one thing he's been much better at is getting out of jams instead of making them worse. So I'm with you on that too. Yeah.
0: Man, this have you been to Any games during the streak?
1: I've not. I'm going tomorrow, though. Are you? Yeah,
0: I gotta get down there again. I, 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 you know, with the lunchtime game today, I, I obviously I work right across the street from center field. I took a walk down there and just walked past the stadium and and went down around the corner and got lunch. And I came back and they got next to the parking garage under the trees. They've got those picnic benches and. I sat out there and ate lunch while everybody was getting into the park and they had loudspeakers on out there and you could listen to Tom Hamilton and you get the whole roar of the crowd. People are still coming into the gates. I'm just sitting with total strangers at this picnic table and Jay Bruce hits the home run of the first inning and I'm high-fiving people I don't even know. <laughs> and it was great. It was just I'm like, this is awesome. And the only thing that sucked was I had to go back to work and everybody else got to go into the game. But, um, just what an atmosphere. I mean, you just think about, like, where things were down there uh, in past years. And I know, like, the attendance dipped down for a few games this week. And, I mean, that's going to happen in September. I mean, it's just a, a fact of life when everybody, the kids all go back to school and things like that. Um, but I think uh, today they had over 29,000. And the walk-ups or day of the game ticket sales, it was like 4,500 yesterday. It was over 5,000 tickets sold today. Um, people are turning out. And the TV ratings have just been through the roof. Um, the buzz around town for this right now, it's it's awesome.
1: It's tremendous, yeah. And 29,000 for a noon game on a on Wednesday, Wednesday. is huge. That's a huge number. And the ratings, like you said, the ratings have just been insane. Um I think last like five or six games have all been like 11 or higher, which is a huge number. Um, yeah, people are watching and I'm never one to knock people for not going down to games, especially during the week because I don't know. I get it. It's kind of a pain in the ass. Even if, um, even if it's not a money thing, um, it still takes a lot out, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a chore at times. So I get it. um, but people are interested regardless of whether you're selling out every game. People are very into this right now. Um, there's, there's a very palpable, like that word palpable. Yes. (laughs) Uh, there's a very palpable energy in the air right now. I feel like, um, and they're, they're rewarding you for it. They're going to, they're going to be a lot of fun. And I, I imagine that we're going to see the same sort of crowds that we had last year for the playoffs. The place went nuts for the playoffs. I think you'll see that, um, maybe even more amplified from last year. Um, I hope not for the sake of the secondary ticket market, but um, <laughs> I think it's going to be, you know, I think it's going to be a hell of a ride. I mean, right now, riding out this streak, but I'll be honest with you. I kind of want, I don't know if I really care if they go for 26 or 27 or whatever. I want them to get that win tomorrow, have that record to themselves, and then, I don't know if I want him to keep like cuz I feel like Tito is at times like managing to win the game like during the game he's doing it. Um maybe not with the starting lineups, but um I want him to kind of stop focusing on the streak because I feel like that's all they've been talking about lately.
0: Well, it's kind of hard to avoid when you want... Right, and
1: I get why. Sure, of course, <laughs> I get why it's a huge story. I get it. But I also sort of feel like it might be better for them if they could just start looking to other stuff.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the, the question is, you know, it's going to end at some point, and that's okay. I mean, it's baseball, and just what happens whenever this ends, what happens then? I can remember last year, I think, after the 14-game winning streak, they, the Indians scuffled for a couple of weeks, and you know, the playoffs are a crapshoot anyway. I mean, it's just the nature of the game. Um, so, I mean... God, you, you want it just the way this stretch run is gone. I mean, and it's not even just this 21 game winning streak. I think since the all-star break now, the Indians are like 41 and 11. Um, that- it's, it's, it's an absurd number. And I mean, they, they've been locked in for a long time and, um, you know, obviously you want to see them do well in the playoffs, but just enjoy this as much as you can. I, I, Somebody's going to win the World Series every year. It's very realistic, if not likely, that we will never see any team do this again in our lifetime. I mean, baseball's been being... The American League, they've been doing this for over 100 years. And, I mean, nobody had done what the Indians accomplished today. Um, So uh, this is once-in-a-lifetime
1: stuff. I mean it's and it's the thing about it is is it's not it's not really that big of a deal long term it's a hell of a lot of fun right now but by in no way is it i think indicative of or or a good predictor of what you should expect in the playoffs playoffs
0: Um, are a whole new ball game
1: playoff baseball is really weird like it's the, a lot of times the best team and that's true I think in every sport but a lot of times best team does not win in baseball um I think it's true in every sport probably f- except for basketball um you never really see a, t- a team just come out of come out of nowhere and win an NBA championship no um but it happens in baseball you see a lot of times world car- uh, wild card teams who were you know not necessarily viewed as the best team in the league throughout the season that come out of nowhere and win it. Get out um, at the right time. Yeah, exactly. And that's what matters. That's what you have to do. And it kind of happened with the Indians last year. Uh, obviously, they came up a game short, but um, I feel like every series they were in, people were talking like, oh, you know, this." I, I don't think people picked them to beat Boston or Toronto or Chicago. I think they were kind of the underdog in all three of those series. Yeah. Um, but they just kind of got hot and they had the right combination of pitching and hitting at the same time and all that stuff. Um, So, yeah, like you said, just enjoy the streak now while it's happening. Um, When it inevitably ends, um, get ready for the playoffs and start working towards that instead.
0: Oh, boy. Um, Anything else about the Tribe?
1: Um, Just another bonkers number that I saw today. Um, Fire away. I
0: can't get enough of these
1: jose and this may have changed this number may have changed because it was one of those graphics mid-game um this season against the detroit tigers jose ramirez is batting 492 <laughs> i love and it that's not, that's not like a team that like an interleague team that he played three times right that's a deficient rival that he plays a ton yeah you're saying
0: them 18 19 games
2: them.
1: right exactly like that showed up on the screen and i had to do like the uh The old cartoon rub the eyes double take thing. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah, with the windshield wipers. No, uh, I just saw that. I was like, Jesus, there's no way that's right. Sure enough, he's just crushing them, which is, again, not really particularly relevant to anything, but a hell of a lot of fun to think about.
0: There's a lot of guys that you can make a legitimate case for being like your favorite guy on the Indians. Um, I, he he's I think he's become mine this year.
1: You logging yours for Jose? Uh, I'm
0: i I'm Ho, Jose Ramirez is uh, is the dude. Uh,
1: you like the strut, don't you?
0: Oh, it's awesome. I mean, dude, <laughs> it, you know, he's got that big lipper in, and I always know. got a
1: huge lipper in. <laughs> Just walking around like not a carrier in the world.
0: I was I was thinking about this though because like I was looking for a, a Jose Ramirez shirt. I was at Dick's about. I don't know, six weeks ago, two months ago. And they had, I, I might even have told this story on here already, but um, they had like five different players shirts or jerseys out or something like that. And he wasn't one of them. And all the guys they had out, I was like, that that's totally legit. Like I, I obviously they should be selling Jose Ramirez gear, if you're going but to sell player here, any of these guys. but like nobody there was out of like place they it. Sure. and it just, yeah, they, they all were deserving of And I'm just like, that. I can't remember the last time the Indians were in a position of having that many marketable stars on their team.
1: Yeah. And I mean, Jose has kind of been, and this has sort of been a hot topic the last couple of weeks, um, in the MVP race, I think in town, everybody here sees what he does um i don't think he should be the mvp but i think he definitely belongs in the discussion he's been left out of the discussion quite a bit um altuve seems like he's probably running away with it at this point deservedly so so good for him um but there's there's always a poll that's like should it be these guys um and he's sort of like an afterthought which i think has been a little bit unfair but i also think like and this is a weird sort of a side note, but when I see post game interviews with him and he's got a translator and he's not like, you know, can't really understand what he's saying and stuff like that. Not that it's a knock on him in any way, but I think that stuff does matter when it comes to something like an MVP race. Cause if you were to transfer his, um, say his stats and production over to Lindor, You'd be talking a whole different ball game, I think.
0: Yeah, Lindor is kind of taking the mantle, I think, as being the face of the franchise, and, and baseball, I think, in general is really starting to push him as being one of the faces of the league. Um, and to be fair, he's he's backing it up. He's, he's having it. a yeah, fantastic yeah, year,
1: yeah, absolutely. And yeah, not to take anything away from him, but no, not at when all. It comes to when it comes to MVP of the team, uh, it's got to be Ramirez. If it's not, uh. I don't like doing MVP and pitcher I like to keep them separate honestly um Kluber obviously I don't know why honestly I don't know why there's still a discussion about him versus sale um I understand sale was sort of running away with it early on while Kluber was hurt but I don't I don't get it every sale pitched against. The Indians not too long ago and he's gotten crushed by them twice now this year
0: yeah how much um, I was just going to ask you that how much do you think our opinion of Chris Sale is impacted by what the Indians have done to him this year
1: it's fair probably quite a bit I mean because I don't watch a ton of Red Sox games I see the numbers and I see yeah he's got pretty pretty impressive numbers but when I'm like all right let's see what let's I, my opinion of him is obviously going to be very slanted based on that but I don't think that's necessarily unfair I haven't seen Kluber get shelled anywhere near as bad as Sale did. It happened twice.
0: Yeah.
1: I think I've probably watched every start Kluber's had this year. Um, He doesn't have anything as bad as Sale giving up. I think he gave up five in like two innings or three innings not too long ago. Um, So, yeah, I'm not sure. I think Kluber obviously pitched another gem yesterday, throwing a shutout. Um, He's he's going to make sure he's not going to, I don't think he's going to blow up and cost himself. Cy Young. I, I don't know what, I don't know what goes into that shit. Like who knows? Maybe sale does end up still winning it, but when I watch Kluber pitch every, every game, it's like, I don't know how you'd want someone else. Honestly, yeah.
0: I'll go to war with Corey Kluber on the mound anytime.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And he, that's another, I was talking to someone else. He's, he's under contract for, I think till like 2021. Yes you almost feel a little bad because he's never going to make anywhere near as much money as he should.
0: Well, Jose Ramirez just signed the uh, contract extension, too. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. through, but, what, 2022?
1: He's quite a bit younger, though. Yes, he that's deal. fair. He'll get a second deal. Kluber's going to be 32 when his deal's up. He's not going to get that mega deal, I don't think.
0: Uh, he might. That, that that's You could still get another solid four or five years
1: out of somebody
0: if
1: if Kluber was about to be a free agent in two months he'd be making 30 million a year probably yeah like something obscene so um I mean I I shouldn't really feel bad for a guy who I think is still making like 10 11 12 million dollars this year but I don't know that he really cares that much about it he seems to be a guy that's Kind of just likes playing baseball, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, even though it doesn't really look like he's having fun, but um, yeah, as far as pitching goes, I'm not sure if there's anybody. I know Kershaw's incredible, and everyone kind of widely widely accepts that he's the best pitcher in baseball. When I look at uh, when I see Corey Kluber pitch, I'm n- I've, I never like doubt uh, that he's going to get you through the game.
0: No, and if you give him a lead of any kind, it's just
1: over. Call it. Just call it. Right. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And I was—I saw some like nuts stats on him. I know I keep throwing numbers out there. Um, the way he—the way he gets better, like as games get later, is just insane. Like he's—he's he's noticeably better after like a hundred pitches. That's really hard. I see. mean,
0: you think yeah. about when guys have seen you. Two or three times already, and they're coming up again. That is typically a, a normal pitcher. That's when those guys are going to start getting hit more. Yep. And yeah, if you got somebody that's you know locking in even to an even greater degree at that point, that's that's really
1: special. Yeah, I want to say after like a hundred pitches, guys are batting like a buck twenty against him. Um, and like third time through the order, he I think is when like. He has the best like average or something. It was, it was some stats. Just it's not the way that pitching normally goes, Um, but that's sort of par for the course for this team. It seems like.
0: Yeah. Oh, good stuff all around. Um, yeah, I'm
1: just throwing out random numbers. <laughs> We could go all night
0: with those. Yeah. Maybe that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But
1: uh. I, I, honestly love that. That's one of the most fun things I find in the games right now is, is they're throwing up these these bizarre figures about things that have happened during the streak, and you just look at them and you're like, "All right, that's pretty cool. What, what's the next one?" <laughs> and then an inning later, they have another one for you.
0: Yeah, if you work in stats for a living, you are having a field day with the Indians right now.
1: Yeah, that that uh, Elias guy is making a killing. <laughs> Busy as Even hell. the sports bureau, or uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That bureau he's got with all the sports stuff. Burning the midnight oil. That's right.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's hit a couple other topics here. Um. Team that did not win over the weekend, but I got to tell you, I was still pleasantly surprised by was the Browns. Um. I have a few thoughts on that. I want to uh, get your opinions first. What did you take away from that game on Sunday?
1: Um, I did. Not, I did not watch the whole game. I had a less than stellar Saturday, so I was.
0: <laughs> we'll get uh, to that reco- next. Don't worry.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was in. So I was in recovery mode Sunday. Uh, I watched most of the first half. Um, some of the second. I didn't see the whole thing, but um, I'm with you. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought. Um. I thought they showed up really well. They obviously, I don't know, it's pro sports. So you kind of want to stay away from the whole moral victory thing. Um, But when you can be within a field goal of the Steelers or, you know, have the ball and a chance to win against the Steelers, um, you got to take that. You'll be happy with it when you're in the position that the Browns are in now. Um, So it's sort of one of those things where they got to stay competitive first And then, you know, learn how to win after. And I'll be honest, it's the first time a Browns quarterback I've watched and been like, I really, I like the, it's the first guy that I've seen throw a ball. And I'm like, that guy throws a really good ball.
0: He passed the eye test. That's that's the first Browns quarterback I've seen in a long time that passed the eye test for me.
1: And you didn't light your hair on fire you weren't you didn't come away stunned like oh yeah this guy's a franchise quarterback we're done um no but stopped, like you know.
0: three years ago i i was in the stands for johnny Manziel's first start and within five minutes of him being on the field i knew that it was hopeless it, it was it was that fast you could t- just sit there and see this is over
1: and, That's five minutes
0: more than I needed. Well, I know that. <laughs> you were on right him from the get-go. That was uh, – I, I tip my cap to you on that. But, no, like – you and you could just sense it in the stadium. Everybody realized it at once. Like, th- th- there's no chance here, and we're not just talking about for the next three hours. <laughs> we're talking about going forward. And – I'm not saying that, like, after watching one game of Deshaun Kaiser, I'm like, well, we got a quarterback in the future. I mean, he's got some things he needs to work on. He, he the, the internal clock has got to improve. Um, he's got to find some – and that's one of the things, like, without looking at all 22 film or whatever they call it, it's kind of hard for me to make any sort of grand proclamations here. But um, it felt like a lot of those sacks were – after he had had the ball for a while yeah, and is it, it, it away. Yeah. is he is it a case of him holding onto it too long or can he just or his receivers that bad not getting open down the field but yeah you would like to see him get the ball away and avoid getting sacked seven times but uh th- there were plays that he made where it seemed like he was eluding rushers and then throwing a good ball down the field um yeah
1: and something like that something like you know that internal clock that's easily teachable Yes. That's not like something that's hard to overcome. So if, if that's one of the like primary complaints, you kind of got to think, you know, okay, we got something we can work with here.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So that, that was the one really good feeling I had coming away from that game. And the other one, um, that game could not have started any worse. I mean, you had a horrible first offensive series, a punt block in your own end zone, giving up a touchdown and the Steelers are up seven, nothing before they've even run an offensive play. And that had all the makings of just being another opening day train wreck against Pittsburgh. And the Browns fought back. Uh, they they studied the ship. They got a little bit of a break on a few of the uh, personal fouls called on Pittsburgh. And by the way, how nice is it that uh, some of the Steelers' bullshit cheap shots that they've gotten away with on the Browns for years finally started getting flagged on Sunday? Four of them they did.
1: Yeah, it's funny, though. They now have this, like... Two, you know, on your second one, you get ejected. Yeah. I feel like at one point they were like, all right, well, I'm going to get my one and then I'll be fine after that. Like, I don't know that they were <laughs> that they were even trying to like, you know, a lot of times those plays come because guys just time things poorly or, you know, it's a it's a legit accident. And they didn't really mean to do it that way. I I didn't really get that feeling from Pittsburgh. I thought they were just going for it. Well, they've gotten away Um, with that
0: stuff. I mean, think about uh, Mohamed Massaqua or uh, Colt McCoy or, you know, any of the other number of guys that have been uh, just destroyed and probably had their career shortened by late hits and dirty hits and things like that from the Steelers that went unpunished. And –
1: in the game they they'll draw fine after but that. oh show for the well runs.
0: congratulations yeah, for that yeah, you know exactly that does me no good um no so i mean just to kind of see the the browns study themselves especially with a pretty young team uh it, it, it overcome a horrible start like that to make a game out of it um that was uh that was good stuff so tough game coming up this week at baltimore
1: um you just hope to see, you honestly kind of hope to see more of the same. Um, You'd like to see the wide receivers play a little better. Um, But beyond that, I think everyone kind of gave you a pretty decent effort, probably a B grade on it, give or take. Um, But the one thing that stuck out to me, and like you said, it's the eye test. I've, I've seen, we've watched all these quarterbacks come and go, and they've all played as rookies. There hasn't been one that I can recall where, And this is sort of, um, I don't know, sort of shallow. It's not particularly, like, uh, groundbreaking or or particularly useful long term. But he's the first guy I can recall, like, watching him throw the ball and just saying this looks like a guy who can make NFL throws. Yeah. All of them, all the ones they've had over the years, Whedon, McCoy, all those guys, you, you look at them and they never really seemed like they had an impressive arm on them. He's the first one that I think does.
0: Besides the internal clock, the one other thing, speaking of him making the throws, got to get a little bit of air under the deep ball. It felt like there were probably two or three plays where they had a receiver open down the field, and he just. It was like, you know, if you're playing Madden and you hold the button down too long and you throw the bullet pass instead of the lob over the DB. You know, it's like you got to you gotta put a little touch on it, get a little air under it, and, and you know, drop it in the bucket, so to speak. And um, again, though, same thing was like with the clock. I feel like that's the kind of thing that theoretically should be pretty teachable and is something that you can improve on as you go along. I mean, it was his first game.
1: Yep, absolutely. So from, from the standpoint of the first game, I'd probably give him, Overall, I'd probably give the performance and I don't know, a C, C plus ish. Um, but when you sort of give him that, uh, what, what was the freshman forgiveness? Was that what they gave you in college <laughs> if, if you wanted to take a class over? Um, with that sort of adjustment, I'd probably give him a solid B plus. He played pretty damn well, didn't make many like killer mistakes. Obviously, he took some sacks, but um, overall, definitely something to build on. And if you're if you're if you're a Browns fan, you got to be encouraged by what you saw.
0: Definitely. Um, less encouraging the uh, the Buckeyes on Saturday oh. night. I I need the report oh. from you because here was my Saturday. You know we had talked about this before. I left for my trip. We were flying back. Uh, the wife and I were flying back on Saturday, and um, it was on Saturday night during that game. And I was on Southwest, and I said, "Oh, Southwest has got the live TV. You could stream." on your tablet or your phone or whatever uh, during the flight. And I said, well, this will be great. Well, um, Southwest gives you NBC, CBS, Fox, ESPN1, ESPN2, uh, and all sorts of news channels, Disney, uh, you know, all the basic cable. Uh, They do not give you ABC which was the That's one sort of channel weird. that happened to have the Buckeyes on. So I had, <laughs> at one time, I think I had access to five college football games in primetime and
1: no None Buckeyes. None of them were the biggest game of the weekend. No. So um,
0: I, I spent an awful lot of time watching Georgia-Notre Dame, which, to be honest with you, was a fantastic game between mm-hmm. two teams that I don't think are going to end up going anywhere in the grand scheme of things. But for one night, that was a lot of fun to watch. But uh, no, I, I I I need you to tell me what happened in the Buckeyes game. Um,
1: well, the defense looked strong for about a half. Um, the offense looked like a lot of the same, sort of what we've grown accustomed to. Um, last week we saw J.K. Dobbins have a hell of a week. Um, this week we expected to see a healthy mixture of Dobbins and Mike Weber, who was back. Um, instead we saw a lot of inaccurate passing, a lot of wide receivers, not getting open. Um, a lot of three and outs. It was incredibly frustrating, especially to see live. Um, I was in a section kind of sandwiched between a handful of Oklahoma fans. So that didn't was, help. Things was Jim well, Ross, but... one of them or. Yeah JR, yeah, JR was up there um, <laughs> just yelling slobber knocker every 30 seconds. My God! It was a scene. It was a scene, yeah. I, at one point, I think he yelled, uh, that's Baker Mayfield's music. Um, didn't really make a whole lot of sense at the time. But um, but no, it was, it was an ugly game on all fronts. Um, I don't think the final score necessarily is indicative of how much they – I don't think it's indicative of the, the gap in the two teams. And I don't think they outplayed them by that much. Um, but it was one of those things that they, they were kind of treading water. The two teams were kind of treading water for a long time. And then Oklahoma had two quick scores and the game was basically over. And that's how it felt. I'd have to kind of go back. It's one of those ones where I feel like if I went back and rewatched it, which I won't be doing um, <laughs> if I went back and rewatched it, I might feel differently about what the first time. Um, but everyone thinks the sky is falling and JT Barrett's the problem. I will tell you this, the wide receivers are as bad this year as they were last year. And that's incredibly frustrating because, um, that was the one, the one position group that I thought they've got to get better. They're going to be more talented. Um, And they'll be where they need to be. Uh, They're not even close. And um, I'm not usually fire coach guy, but Zach Smith has, he's the wide receivers coach. He's kind of been one of those guys who has been around for a long time. Players seem to love him. He's always, he's really active. He's a really good recruiter. He's really active on social media. He's got this zone six hashtag that he calls the wide receivers, which he should never fucking be allowed to use again um, because those guys can't fucking find the end zone for the life of them. Forget catching the ball in general. Um, But he's also the grandson or son-in-law. No, grandson, I think, of Earl Bruce, who is Urban Meyer's mentor. So it sort of looks like one of those, I'll throw your guy a, a bone here, He's not doing – of all the position groups on the entire team, that one looks the most incompetent of all of them, and it has been that way for the last couple of years. Even when they had Michael Thomas and you know Devin Smith and those guys who were really good, you still didn't get as much out of them as you thought you should have. Um, so that's been a pretty chronic underachiever as long as he's been there, and it feels like if there's someone that – if there's a change that needs to be made, that's probably one of them. But also, you... I will tell you this. If you're, if you're one of the people that's saying, oh, JT Barrett's not doing anything good, as a guy who was there, receivers aren't getting open. You can't throw the ball for 300 yards if you don't have anyone that is open to catch it. And quite frankly, that's not changing hmm. from what I can see.
0: All right. Are you surprised it, – it the state of the offense for Ohio state right now. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I thought Kevin Wilson coming in was going to be a good improvement. I will tell you what I think. It feels like they're trying to be who they want to be or who they think they should be on offense and not who they should be like who they who the talent on their team says they should be. Mm. Um, They've got a big, strong offensive line, two stud running backs, and a, a quarterback who is at his best when he's running the ball. I don't know why they're forcing, they're trying to do this spread pass game all the time. I don't I don't know what the rushing numbers look like for last game, but I guarantee the numbers are much lower than they should be. Um, they're not running the ball like they should be. And quite frankly, that's that's the most frustrating thing to me. I don't know that I – do I think the offense looks – am I surprised with how it looks? No, because I don't think the wide receivers are that good. So while they're running this offense, I I wouldn't expect them to be that successful with it. I'm surprised with the way that they're running the offense. Um, but how the offense is performing with this offensive game plan, I'm not terribly surprised, no. Hmm. If that hmm. makes sense.
0: All right. Um No, this is good stuff because I I just—it's hard for me always to kind of decipher what's going on with Ohio State, especially if I haven't seen the games. Like I like I missed Saturday night's game just because, you know, we we landed in Chicago for our layover, and I had about fifteen minutes before I had to jump onto the next flight, so I was just kind of motoring through Twitter and. Everybody, it's on there. That is the most miserable existence. So Ohio State football Twitter um, is one of the more uh, I can just aggravating uh, communities I, I can find online anywhere. I think in terms of sports fans because it just feels like to me the expectations around that program are so high that if they're not up by three scores. 15 minutes out of the game, everybody's like, the sky's falling. So yep. I see all this stuff at, on, online at halftime, like, oh, it's only 3-3, and um, they're lucky to be in the game. I'm like, okay. Like, you know, it, yeah, yes. this is a low scoring grinded out game, but um, I, I've heard this, you know, before. And then the next time I landed in Cleveland, I see there's about five minutes left, and they're down 31-13. to 13. I go, oh, that actually – that was legit this time. So, um, yeah, I, I when people, when there's the freak out over Ohio State in general, I, I just, I tune a lot of that out. Um, so to actually kind of hear what you're saying in, in terms of like, here's what's going wrong and why and, and what I'd like to be seeing instead, I, that's interesting to me because that actually has some substance to it.
1: And my my feeling of there's, and, and the biggest sort of, indicator that you know they're not they're not doing what they should be doing they're not they're not taking sort of the low-hanging fruit they're trying to do things um and be who they want to be instead of who they are um twice they got down inside the 10-yard line and were throwing on first down and on Hmm. second down and on third down and it's like you're getting five yards a clip like running the ball up the middle It's not hard. Um, Go do that at least once, you know?
0: And with the playoff now, like, you don't need style points. If you just handle your business and win games, you're going to get in.
1: Yeah. And that's that's sort of the good thing is that they're still in that position, but they have zero room for error at this point. Um, If they win out, which I know if you watch the game, that sounds unlikely, but if they win out and win the Big Ten, they're going to the playoff. I mean – that's that's just what it is at this point. Um, so from that standpoint, it's fine. But if they want to go to the playoff and not get not replicate last season, uh, they got a lot of work to do.
0: Totally fair. The one thing I will say is, it was three years ago they won their week one game on the road, came home and had a much worse loss to Virginia Tech, and ended up running the table the rest of the way using three quarterbacks in the process and winning a national title. So that was a far worse. What's that?
1: Devin Smith's not walking through that door. No, no, he's not walking through that door. Cardale's not either.
0: and, And everybody else. And that's fine. That's totally legit. But the point here, though, was I think losing to Virginia Tech was a whole lot worse than losing to Oklahoma. Uh, you never obviously want to lose a game this early in the year because it's kind of putting you behind the eight ball the whole rest of the season, but um, they've come back Maybe from worse. Helps.
1: Maybe putting their back against the wall helps. Yeah. You got to hope.
0: <laughs> I, I suppose you do because that's, that's where they are now. So
1: Yeah, but, I mean, this has a potential to turn into one of the more disappointing seasons in recent memory um, if they don't write the ship quickly. Mm. Um, they've got about four weeks. Their next four weeks schedule is and dreadful um painfully easy which is which is sort of good and bad it allows them some time to get a little more comfortable but at the same time you don't really know if you can get that much better how much improving you can do against teams that are this bad um so we'll see how the answer will truthfully there's not going to be a whole lot of insightful stuff you see over the next couple weeks
0: are you heading back down to columbus for any more games this year um i don't know
1: I don't know. I might try to go down for uh, Penn State, maybe. Um, That's probably the only one I would think. Michigan's on the road. Mm -hmm. Michigan State is dog shit again, it looks like. Um, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Probably Penn State if I had to go for one.
0: All right. I was going to say you might be uh, breaking the bank on tribe playoff tickets here. Yeah, no kidding. If any luck.
1: No kidding. Yeah, that'll be – that's one of those things I'm gonna have to go to set my budget here pretty soon and stick to it.
0: Mm. You got some nice. Uh, speaking of tickets, you got a few nice Cavs games this year, right?
1: I did. Yeah, I got a pretty good. Uh, they gave us 11 games this year, and I'm I'm trying to think if if they gave us 11 last year. I thought I only got 10, so I buy like that quarter season package. Mm-hmm. Um, they put 11 in it this year. I got a pretty good lineup. Uh, they don't include opening day in those. Um, I don't think. I don't think the Christmas game with Golden State was in there. Or actually, that's not home this year, is it? No,
0: this year, they're, that's out in Oakland.
1: Okay. Then Golden State probably was in there, but I did not get it in mine. Um, but I get the, uh, the Thunder and the Spurs, so a couple decent ones, a couple garbage ones, but that's sort of the way it goes. That's how they split them up.
0: Single game tickets go on sale tomorrow. I think I might get some tickets for that OKC game.
1: There you
2: go that, nice. that's a
0: team i want to see I, I always try to buy a couple of games on the first day tickets go on sale that's that's one i want to see this year that's a team i haven't i haven't yet to see in person and uh, russell westbrook i think it'd be a lot of fun and now they got paul george too so
1: yeah for sure they're gonna, be a, they're gonna be a fun team to watch this year that should be a good one
0: yeah yeah so all right bud anything else here
1: no that about does it for me
0: okay very good well good to get back in the saddle and uh fire up the podcasting machine again it's uh, it's been too long but uh, yeah we'll uh just we'll, we line up something fun for next week I don't know I gotta kick around a few ideas here maybe uh, maybe we'll brainstorm something fun
1: we'll probably have to analyze the Indians uh, 26 game win streak <laughs> I love it <laughs> additional breakdown
0: yes yeah that's uh I, I'm, I'm all in for that that's perfect nice. so let's exactly. let's let's book it sounds so, good man all right well hey Folks, go subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or um, Stitcher. Like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Nail Podcast. And catch up on old episodes of our show on our website, thenailpodcast.com. I think that will just about do it for us for this week. So for Travis Uli, I'm Tom Valentino. It's been The Nail in the Coffin, and we will talk to you again soon.
2: Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport.